Hi, all, and welcome to the Find Calm Here podcast. I'm your host, Deb Shell. On this podcast, I share conversations I have with community builders and entrepreneurs who offer tips on what's worked for them and resources on how they've found calm in the process of community building or building a business as an entrepreneur. If you're a new community builder or just considering a community to bring your clients, customers, or audience together, but you don't know how or what to do, I'd be happy Happy to help you gain clarity during a discovery call. There will be a link in the show notes for you to schedule that, or you can go to findcalmhere.com to uh, schedule a free discovery call with with me. Uh, Also, you can sign up for the Calm Community Newsletter uh, to learn more about resources and tools that will help you in building a paid online community. If you need support of an an accountability with a group of community builders, I'd love to invite you to join the Find Calm Here community. Uh, If you do, you'll receive support, tools, and resources to help you have a successful launch, grow your membership, and tackle any challenges with the support of peers in a safe space that's affordable and enjoyable. We've got tons of awesome things happening inside the community including the new Calm Guides to help support you at any stage of your community building journey. I'm excited to introduce today's guest, who's an amazing speaker and entrepreneur I recently met in, in a clubhouse room alongside fellow community builders. Maria Tan is a thought leader, international author, motivational speaker, and business coach who mentors misfits and misunderstood geniuses. She empowers entrepreneurs across the globe to leverage their individuality, create success, tailored to their lifestyle, and build an ecosystem around their values, vision, and voice. Before coaching online, she was a cross-culture business and communications consultant who worked with over 1,000 professionals from all over the world. She's had clients that range from side hustlers and new entrepreneurs to seasoned businesses who want to scale more sustainably. Welcome, Maria, to the Find Calm Here podcast. Thank you for having me here, Deb. I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you. And I really love the, you know, your initiative and your passion in helping community builders make that that step, I think, for them, for themselves to to make it easy to transition from just, you know, just having being lost in all these tech and all the things that they need to learn to build that community to what they are doing now. So I'm so happy to be joining you here today. Thank you, Maria. Yeah, I'm excited for you to be here. So I met you recently uh, networking in a clubhouse room. And so I thought maybe you could start with sharing a little bit of um, you know, what we're talking about in the clubhouse rooms and how that relates to what you're working on in your business and how you help others. So we actually met in a few clubhouse rooms that I co-moderate. So one on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern time is called Small Business Talk for Business Friends. And the purpose of that is actually creating that space for people to just come in and have an open mic to share what their woos are in business, get support or give support. Now, every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern time, I have a clubhouse room that I host every uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time called Business Magic. And every week we have different topics. And the idea and the intention behind that business, uh, that, that clubhouse room is to give tips or give a space for people to engage in conversations that can help their businesses feel less of a rocket science and feel more magical and really get actionable insights from those rooms. Thank you so much. That's a great explanation of the clubhouse. I think it's interesting that um, as a community builder, 
I, I'm really just diving into Clubhouse, uh, kind of tiptoeing, actually not diving quite yet, but tiptoeing into Clubhouse and just discovering how it can be so um, amazing for building relationships, right, and community. It is. It is. I know. So tell me a little bit about your background um, and how you kind of got started doing what you're doing. So I've always been doing business. So I've been there since, um, like, since I was six, to be honest. And my journey started with me not wanting to feel like a loser because my aunts would take us cousins to an arcade every week. And this arcade, um, we all have a budget of like 10 tokens each. And I, because I'm so poor at playing games, I usually run out of my tokens. And I hated the feeling of waiting my for my cousins and just looking at them play and I don't have any more tokens left. So what I did was I look around my room and I just thought, you know, it would be nice to have more money so I can have more tokens. Because, you know, at six, um, it's very rare for our parents to give us some allowance, right? Or some pocket money. It would be very little if they, 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 they did. So anyway, I started selling the things in my room that I didn't like. So stationery, gift items, you know, uh, in, in those days, people love to give gifts, especially to kids, right? So I'd get a lot of notebooks, I'd a lot of stickers, a lot of pens, pencils, and I just sell them because I really didn't like them. And for me, I always believe that there's no point keeping something that doesn't bring joy to me, which, you know, right now, I think the world starts realizing. So I sold all the, those, and then I started using the tokens, uh, the, the coins, the money that I, I, I made to buy the tokens at Arcade. And since then, I just started, I just realized how fun it was to kind of like, exchange things because um you know the feeling of not having at, at in the beginning it was just really what i i thought like um an excess right like i i have something in my house that i didn't like and it's for me it's an excess it's waste so i just turned them to money and then later on i slowly got into doing business particularly buy and sell. So I'd buy like stationary items and sell them in my school to my classmates, to my teachers, to everybody, literally to the whole neighborhood. And then later on, I started doing import when I was about 10. So my aunt, one of my aunts, um, as an importer, is a trader, and um, she would kind of like purchase in bulk some goods that she would resell uh, in the local market. So I started selling confectionery items to the local grocery store, you know, the, the local family, family market. And again, this was in the 90s. And in the 90s, the compliance wasn't very strict. It's so easy to just go and look for the the owner and just say, hey, um, you know, um, is it okay if I supply you, let's say, this goods, this baked chips or whatever I was selling then? And then slowly I went into the whole, kind of like the whole entrepreneurship, but in many different aspects. So I sold many things um, and then I, I dabbled into the retail industry. Then I became con a consultant at 18, um, consulting again in cross-cultural and cross-geographical markets. So my specialty then was really market penetration. Let's say a Spanish company wants to enter the Japanese market or the other way around. So I'm brought in to really consult to see what angle 
um, the company is missing. What, what, why, why are the deals not being made? So that that's been my my role. So since then, like I've I've been into this consulting field already until uh, 2017 when I decided to do coaching. So um, in 2017, I kind of like. Um, went online fully and really coach um, solopreneurs or people who are just wanting to kind of like monetize their difference. Um, I ju- j- just right before that, I felt very lost in my life. And I just thought, you know, I'm actually very good at doing business. And I'm very, very good at helping different businesses um, create the revenues that they want, create the business deals that they want, penetrate the markets that they want. But that didn't really give me any more joy. And um, I didn't have a lack of um, clients or wealth. So I just thought, you know, I'll do something that's really uh, dear to me, which is serving people like me, non-conformists. So I've been an odd doc since I was little. So I thought, you know, there's people like me who just wants that kind of like that validation. And for me, I've always felt like I'm so lucky because um, although my parents, of course, they didn't really get or they didn't understand all the choices that I've made, but they didn't also stop me from being who I am. They just let me be. Um, They didn't really support me either, but at least they didn't go out of their way to sabotage my, my choices and my decisions. So for me, I just thought, you know, there will, there are people out there that just wanted to be heard or to be seen. And my whole life, I've been um, kind of like going against the tide and defying odds. I want to kind of like help more people like me, more people who are misfits, who know that they are different, who know that they they they're dif- they they ha- they're having difficulty finding their place in this world to find their place in this world and of course create a financial ecosystem around who they are what they're about and what they want what they want to be where they want to be mm, wow what a journey <laughs> it's amazing the um one thing i really like that you were talking about is you know as an entrepreneur myself i feel like we just it somehow just keeps coming back to to that, right? For me, I just entrepreneurship finds a way to work itself. Like you know, you just kept being per- so persistent, and so that's very inspiring that you just kept, you know, kept trying and doing different things, and now you've got um, such an amazing career and with the working with so many amazing people. So it sounds like you had a challenging time as an entrepreneur, as we all do, but it, like it just you find a way um, yes, to yes, find calm yes. with, with all of it through that process, I guess. Um, I think I think the, the key to finding calm in chaos or what feels like chaos is really that certainty of what where we're going. So even when I was doing business deals, it was really the end goal that I have in mind. Like, what is the end goal here? What is the big picture here? So that always kind of like centers me because I feel like a lot of people, when they have adversity in life, they see that adversity as a validation of how wrong they are. And instead of just looking at that as a kind of like, you know, when you have a maze, when you're entering a maze, it's just a redirection. And then you just need to go left instead of right. Um, and then and then until you 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 hit the finish line. So I think that's that's always been the key for me. Like um, 
of course, I started very young. I did business very, very young. So I also dealt with a lot of, um, I think, different and difficult situations uh, because you're, you're placed in situations where other people are so much older. Other people are, you know, when, when you're facing males or or are people that are from more conservative culture. So there's always that stigma that follows me around. But for me, I never kind of like I never let that become the hindrance. I just focus on the the end goal. Like what 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 is the deal here to be made? And that's it. It's a, a great way to look at things of just um you know if something doesn't work out, just continuing to go on. Do you think there is any um, mentors that you had, or is there any communities that you did tap into as you were um, launching out on your own with this consulting and coaching? Or I'm sorry, from from consulting to the coaching online? Um, I think it was more of me being willing to network with people. So not necessarily community or organizations, but more of me really allowing myself to connect with people offline or to connect with people, you know, uh, beyond the Facebook group that we're in and then finding people that I I like. And, and a person like me, I'm very expressive. If I like someone or, um, or I find that there's some synergy there, I usually just say, you know, I really like you. I, I hope you don't mind if, you know, we, we continue, you know, meeting once a month, for example, or meeting every few months and to keeping in touch. So for me, like, it's more of that willingness to be connected to others or to, kind of like find a friendship in in those circles so um community wise uh i must say like i've been part of several networking groups that helps um but one in specific to mind doesn't really come to me right now i know you're a part of carol's community and her online yeah 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 i'm very new to her her, to her group (laughs) so uh, carol and i just did a just did a big um uh, a video on Facebook actually uh, recently sharing each one of our communities and, you know, the, the platform of the money networks that we're on and just going through and sharing it. And I think that there's so much that I still need to tap into with Carol's network, but I think it's uh, called beautiful place, beautiful faces going places is the, is the money network. And Carol was on our fine calm here podcast a, a couple of months ago, but it's a, uh, I think that was the place where I I found you uh, because through the clubhouse thing. Yes, and, yes, um, yes, yes. I th- I think what I learned most about what you're talking about is just having the courage to show up on these calls, whether yes. it's the club clubhouse or other Zoom calls, and just be willing to to share and collaborate with others and kind of coming at it from a perspective of not necessarily, I think for me, and I, maybe you can relate, but it, I just needed to let go of the whole, I'm not perfect kind of a thing. <laughs> like I don't have it all figured out or I don't have it all together sometimes because <laughs> I think that's really helped me in some of these um calls recently of just being open to to networking with the understanding of you know I might not have it all figured out yet <laughs> yeah but but you know actually I've networked with um you know before going online I've I've been a really heavy networker uh so I've been part of several organizations already chambers of commerce etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know I've met the richest of the richest of the richest people and 
to be honest, like we're all the same at the end of the day. Like we all have our insecurities. We never kind of like we're never really put together. So I've learned really early on that um, if I if I cannot accept that I'm not perfect, I'm just kind of like digging a, a very big hole for myself. So I've I've I'm really past that idea that I have to be perfect because perfect is so subjective. And for me, like I've dedicated my the last few years of my life really to helping people like me who are different, who are misfits, really embrace what makes us unique and what's what makes us different. Because our difference is is how we make a difference in this world. Our difference is how you know is 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 our leverage in this world because if we are not different how can we how can we impact then if we're all the same if we're all saying the same thing and we're all doing the same thing and we're all thinking the same thing i think through our imperfections that's how we add more layers to to our lives and to reality and more kind of like more um the the and making our lives and our businesses more multifaceted. So for me, like that, it's not just that courage. I think it goes beyond courage to acceptance and to ownership, to really owning that, you know, we are not perfect, that we are here to coexist with other people, to collaborate with other people so that we can kind of like fill each other's um, gaps and so we can thrive together. So I love what you said about the differences, and I wanted to just really um, zero in on this because it came up in a, a clubhouse uh, conversation we recently had, too, of I think that people, I think it's important to identify what our differences are as entrepreneurs to support each other and collaborate, you're, like you're talking about, instead of it being such a competitive market. And I think as entrepreneurs, we all have to like prove our, what you're saying, maybe prove our value. And it seems like you're really helping people who misunderstood geniuses. I really like that. Tag. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just how you help them. And I'm so, I'm curious about like maybe your, 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 um, your strategy around how do you cultivate and create these, um, ecosystems that you list around values, vision, and voice. I really wanted to, to, to connect to that a little bit more. So it starts with the vision, right? And a lot of time, a lot of the times, when whether it, they're entrepreneurs or just a regular person who are living, uh, who's just living her life or his life, um, we always think of goals as, you know, let me set a goal and that's it. But for me, when you set a goal without thinking of the vision or thinking where you want your life to be, where you want your business to be, you are actually kind of putting a cap in your life. Because see, what happens then when you reach your monetary goal? Like, okay, getting your 10,000 months or 100,000. What if you're or you're already a seven-figure business? And then what? So instead, once you kind of like see beyond all that, step back and really think of the, the vision, right? What is the big picture here? And really then look at the big picture comprised of little puzzles, little pieces, little slices, because success is never linear. So when you're just thinking, okay, um, I, you know, as long as I have, I don't know, 100,000 a year, I'll be happy. Well, that's not enough. We've seen that. We've seen the increase of depression and anxiety in this world because people are not anymore happy with just 
having i don't know the rich the the wealth or having the education or having just the support people want it all and we have to be prepared for that we have to build for that so when you think of your vision it is thinking of that vision in a multi faceted way what are the small pieces that make up your vision and then once you've painted all that vision all that pieces all that all those success factors the, those success slices and then now you think okay this is where i want to build my business to be or my life to be and then you think about monetization how do you monetize and at what are you willing to do to monetize and what are you not willing to do to monetize that's where the values piece come in because when you are not sure of of where your lines are or your boundaries are you will always be faced into situations that confuse you you will have moments where you don't even know how to answer because you're not even sure of where you stand on anything so it's really important to kind of really ask yourself what am i willing to do and what am i not willing to do by by doing that you then form your values and then the more you become honest about the pieces that matter to you the the values that matter to you then you found your voice because only through honesty can we really have that freedom and that liberty once we are honest about our needs our desires our limitations we can actually build faster because then we we kind of like let go of all the all the imaginary limitations that we put on ourselves and and we humans are so good with that we're so good at putting ourselves in this tiny little box when the world is our oyster there's so much that we can that we can have that we can do that we can become only if we allow ourselves so it starts with that vision it starts with those values it starts with giving voice to yourself to so all the pieces and then reverse engineering the whole big picture until today so that then you can take now the few steps and the actions that that are necessary for you to get to that first milestone mm, that's really that's really inspiring <clears throat> vision and values i really like that um, concept and Totally agree that it's just a matter of aligning your values, your personal values and, and vision of your future in your lifestyle. And how does that um, combine with what you're doing in your in your life and exactly. your life's work? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I'll give you a, a specific example, a case study. And I can use this because my client um, told me to share her story as many times as possible. So this client of mine, she came to me um, when she was, I think, in her mid-20s. And um, at that time, she was really, really depressed. Like, she felt like a hamster in the wheel. She felt like nothing, like she, she felt like there's so many things that she wants to do and she can never do them. So her bucket list was really, really long. Then we started working together and we started clarifying her big picture. And one thing that I really had her kind of like face is that she is a person that really likes luxury. 
you know, because um before working with me, she kept going on this budget tours and kind of like feeling on one side, she I, I think we tend to kind of like um give excuses to why we're compromising on things. So she had that that inner talk that, you know, she likes to do those budget trips, etc., etc. Anyway, long story short, uh, th- that was one of the things. Right? I have to say, okay, listen, you know, you you really like to travel at least three star up. You're not a budget person. You're not a bu- because putting giving yourself that budget is actually shrinking yourself. Why not think of a way to kind of like uh, support the lifestyle that you want instead? Why don't we kind of prepare you for everything that you want? So we painted that vision, right? Like, okay, she likes to she likes to have travel in her in her kind of like her regular time. And I was asking, so do you mean that you want to travel every month? She said, actually, no, I just want to be able to afford really good travel. So we started putting travel as one of her kind of like success factor. Then we put money in her success factor that was very important for her. We also put philanthropy as her success factor that was also very important for her. We we then put all the pieces in that in that vision. And then we started mapping out how to get to that big picture. And since we started doing that, she has I think every year annually doubled if not tripled her her annual revenue. She has already kind of like trimmed down her bucket list. I think there's nothing already on her bucket list because everything is just mapped out. The one thing that was on her bucket list that did not happen was um, traveling to uh, see the Northern Lights. And it was only because of COVID. (laughs) But everything else that's on her bucket list is already mapped out. It's already happening. And that kind of like because we we were able to do that because we because she was able to be really honest with herself and say you know I really like money because for the longest time before working with me she kept thinking you know I'm not doing this for money I I want a job that I feel happy in not because of money okay of course you why would you do something that you're not happy with, right? So I really kind of like shifted her perspective around that. If you're doing something, of course, only do the things that you're going to be happy with. Why why will it be a choice between money or happy? You think about happy, then you make money from it. So from there, um, again, today, uh, we, we just spoke, last week. She's already exceeded her targets this year, which was already double last year. And from the looks of it, she might even triple what was what she had last year. So when she was able to just be honest with the things that works for her and the things that, that don't, it's just kind of like that vision, right? You you're, you have that clear laser focus because then you don't get distracted by, oh, but I'm not like this. I don't want this. I don't want that. For me, there's really no point talking about the things that we don't want. We need to focus on the things that we want. Mm. <laughs> yes, that that is really important, right? To have that uh, lifestyle design aspect to complement our entrepreneurial lifestyle, I think, right? 
Exactly, exactly. I think it's really successful of you to to share all this amazing um, success stories. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay. So, well, one thing is um, what I notice is a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people go into entrepreneurship thinking of their next offer or, you know, I just want to make a sale. And although that's great, what's what would really become more amazing is to think, where do I, where am I building towards? What is my point B from where I am, right? My point A. Because if I don't know what's my point B, I'll be building a bridge going nowhere. And every time I take a break, I need to rebuild the bridge because I've never really understood where my point B was from the get-go. So that for me is the reason why a lot of entrepreneurs burn out. That is the reason why a lot of people have that anxiety or depression because they there's no final goal they, because they cannot see beyond tomorrow or next month or next year. Or in entrepreneur's life, it's my next sale or next 10th sale or the next 100th sale. And beyond that, if you ask them, they cannot even picture what go what comes after because if you're again if your goal is just to make a certain amount or to have a certain number of sales after that then what what happens next right because you've already capped yourself there and once you've capped yourself there people love to love the thrill of a chase and when they get it they get tired or they get i don't know they get lost so for me it's always good to have really that big picture in mind while you you work uh, towards one milestone and then the next milestone and then the next milestone and making sure that you review um, your direction every few months or years it depends on how long or how you know how how you build your your vision or how you map it out but it's important to regularly review that your that everything that you're doing is still going towards that point B and your point B is still your point B. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a good point because um, recently in the workshop that I'm putting together for our next um, Mighty Mastermind in the Find Calm Here community, we're going to go over section three of the Calm Guide to Onboarding and that's really focused on ambassador programs and growth. How do you grow your community? And I think a lot of clients I work with really focus on, well, I want to get you know, 50 members or 500 members in, in my yeah. paid community. Yeah. But then I ask, well, then what is going to happen for you? Like, is that, you know, is that the ultimate goal? And how long do you think that's going to take? And then what's realistic? And then we kind of do these benchmarks. And I, I, I really highly recommend too the check-ins of let's set some goals, but then let's check in and uh, benchmark some success. Like what did you actually do if you wanted to get 25 members in three months? You know, maybe you didn't hit that mark, but what did you, what can you celebrate along the way? Because sometimes I think as a lot of clients I talk to feel like it's going to, um, it's not going to take as long, but I feel like the, the journey to like starting up, it does take long. And sometimes we don't have, I didn't have a lot of patience in the very beginning. I'm working on patience now around the the length of time that sometimes it really does take to, to really get clear on all this, the vision, the values, and how it all aligns with your lifestyle as an entrepreneur and as just a person who wants to have a, a 
a meaningful life and live um, happily. So I think that thank you for um, bringing all that kind of together into saying like how um, all of these factors can contribute to being successful as an entrepreneur or a community builder if you are a community builder as well. But it takes time to get all this clarity of we talk about the calm method of clarity, awareness, learning, emotion, and I think that's just a cycle that we keep continuing to refine throughout time. Even one of my clients was like, well, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm really, you know, 100% on board with this particular part. And I said, that's okay. We can always come back to that. You know, let's just let it there and let's see how we think about this and then come back to it, this idea, this concept. So I think it's just a constant evolution, right, of learning. Exactly. And can I share a tip here? Yeah. That will, I think, help people make a decision faster. So every time you want to do something, you need to ask yourself, if you fail, will you still do what you're doing? If the answer is yes, go for it. If not, then I will take a step back. Because you have to prepare for the worst the same way that you prepare for the best. Mm, I love that preparing for the worst and the best. I think that's a good, good note to to end on. I think um, what a lovely sentiment to say because I I know from my journey, um, you know that I've been starting out on. It's I would do it regardless. I definitely failed a lot. I feel like yes. in the last yes, year, yes, exactly right. <laughs> because if if you're kind of like if if the validation of a success is what would drive you. Unfortunately, this is the, re the reality. There are so many pieces that we don't have any control on. The only thing that we can control on is our commitment to our craft, to your commitment, to what I call your magic. How much can you anchor to that light in you that is kind of like showing you the way, right? You kind of like, to some extent, you have to be strategic, but more than that, you have to also be surrendered to a lot of the unknown that tomorrow brings. And, and of course, I can be as strategic as possible, but if you're not ready to fail, then what happens if you do? What happens if tomorrow something, I don't know, especially now with, with a pandemic, you you live the life day to day. You know, I've lost so many people to the to the to the virus. I me myself, I had COVID. So for me to be able to continue, it's because I know that regardless of what weather forecast would be tomorrow, whether it's a sunny day, a stormy day, a windy day, a cloudy day, I may take a break if needed because it's raining outside, but the sun will come out. And when the sun does, I'm ready to roar. So you have to really be prepared for everything. Yeah, it's so true. <clears throat> so many things are <clears throat> challenging right now. I, I have a lot of friends going through a lot of challenge. So uh, my heart is with them and I'm going through challenges as well. And it's just the business actually is what's keeping me from not falling apart half the time. So I feel like it's a, it's such a blessing to be able to, to do what I'm doing every day. And so even when I feel like giving up, I'm like, no, because this is what's, you know, making it possible yes. for me to enjoy my life. And this is a really big part of it. So I'm so glad 
um, for you to have been here. I just wanted to ask real quick, is there anything specific that you could share with us in regards to how people, um, if they're not sure maybe what makes them unique or different, is there, when it's, if a client ever says that to you, is there any way you help them kind of in that moment to, to identify what is unique or different that they can share or have? You know, the, the best way is to observe what, pe- what people come to you for. I'll give you an example. I'm actually good in fashion. I'm also good in food. Because, um, I, you know, my experience is so broad in business. I've dealt with different industries. So it's easy for me to know um, good food or good produce versus non, you know, non-organic produce. It's easy for me to tell if the oil that I'm using is high quality or not. It's also easy for me to tell if the fashion is in trend or not, right? Because of my experience and, and, and my personality. But I will tell you this, nobody in my family and among my friends, the people that I grew up with, will call me to say, Maria, what, do, what dress do you think I should wear? Because that is not my magic. That's not what makes me unique. But if someone wants to make a very big decision in their lives, for example, marriage or investment, big, like significant investment, or um, kind of like changing jobs or something like big then they will call me because I can put things in perspective and I can help them see the bigger picture and ask the questions that they are not willing to ask themselves. So really observe what people come to you for, your friends. What, you know, what would they come to you for and what won't they come to you for? Because sometimes I think if, especially when I, I, I had that experience when I was younger, right? I hated, why is it that my best friend is not coming to me for fashion advice and just going to another friend. And I realized, well, it's not, it, it has nothing to do with me, but it's just more, it's more of that fashion advice was my other friend's zone of genius and I'm business. That's it. So really just observe what do people come to you for specifically? Like what, what help do they, do they, do they come to you? What, what, why do they think of you? Because again, there's so many people, right? Like, why would your sister think of you instead of another sister, another brother? Why would your mother ask you instead of another child? So think of that. Like, think of that, whether it's empathy, it's kindness, it's being able to listen, being able to be to strategize, being able to um, prepare for a crisis or prepare for risk, whatever that is. That is only that is the only that is on that is something that only you can give among the people that they know, and that's why they came to you. So observe that. Observe why someone is coming to you. Observe why your friends and family would call on you versus someone else. And don't just say because I'm a pushover. Actually, no. It's because you are the right person for in that situation. You're the first person that the person thought of instead of someone else. So really think about that. I love that. Yeah, I think that's how, that's honestly how I started my consulting business because people just started asking me about community and I was more visible about what I'm doing with building communities. And then uh, people started to recognize me as a community builder. And so that's why I kind of started out doing my um, community consulting business. And I think the other businesses I had, while I enjoyed them, it just wasn't 
exactly my zone of genius. And I'm just feeling like now I'm really in a place where, you know, I can show up on a client call and know, feel pretty confident that I'm going to be able to help them in their challenges. And so I think it's a really great insight to be able to take a step back. And I think not always, we don't always take the time to gain that validation for ourselves and for and see that out in the world. And so observing is super um, inspirational tip. So thank you for sharing. You're very welcome. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, if you could, if anybody is interested in connecting with you, if they're a misfit or misunderstood genius that wants to get in touch with you so that they can help, uh, that you can help them, tell us where they can find you. I'm very active on all social media channels, Instagram and Clubhouse in particular. Please look for me. My handle is at Maria underscore K underscore Tan. And I do have a free gift for the listeners of um, this podcast. I'm sure uh, Deb would be putting it in show notes. But this is a checklist that would help you really understand if you have the elements to make your business thrive. And it's called Your Business Magic Checklist. Beautiful. I'm excited. I'll have to check that out too for myself because <laughs> I love the idea of magic <laughs> in business. Yes, because I believe life and business can be magical if we allow it to be. Mm, thank you. That's great. That's a really great way to find calm, right? If you can see that there is uh, magic in it. So thank you so much, Maria, for being here. A pleasure. And thanks, everybody, for listening. If you have not already subscribed, please make sure you uh, subscribe and follow the Find Calm Here podcast on Apple iTunes podcast app or the um, Spotify app or on all of those places. Uh, hopefully, you found some calm in entrepreneurship during this episode. Uh, we have got a lot of other awesome episodes coming, so please make sure to check back in with us. And until the next time, I hope you're finding calm in this day, evening, afternoon, morning, or wherever it is, whenever it is that this message finds you. Find calm, take care, and talk to you next time. Bye.